Blog Talk Radio. The beat goes on. The beat goes on. Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain. La da 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 dee. Charleston was once the rage of History has turned the page of The minute the current thing goes on Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain La-da-da-da-dee The grocery stores are supermodel Up to war Electrically they keep a baseball score And the beat goes on The beat goes on Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain la da 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 Grandma's sitting chairs and rim on this. Boys keep chasing girls to get a kiss. The cars keep a going faster all the time. The beat goes on Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain La-da-da-da-dee La-da-da-da-da And the beat goes on Yes, the beat goes on And the beat goes on Well, good afternoon, everybody. It is uh, a little after 5 o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon, and it's October 24, 2018. I began doing these podcasts over five years ago, and I was hoping, oh, I was hoping that I would not be doing them here in 2018. And as we progress, 
and I'll put gigantic quotes over that term, towards our path of ending prohibition. In a lot of ways, I feel that we've gone backwards with our steps of taxation and regulation. Again, I want to reiterate what I said last week. Uh, picture yourself in a place all by yourself where you've stumbled upon a genie. And the genie granted you one or two or, hell, three or ten wishes. wouldn't matter. I want to ask you this in all sincerity. How many of you would wish for a plant that you could grow all by yourself or, you know, share like so many do? Would wish for this plant to be only accessible to a certain few people who were willing to go through government hoops, who were willing to... Um, pay exorbitant fees, who were willing to deal with um, a very flawed system of testing. How many of you would, would wish for that? And I and I sit there and I and I say, this is what we're celebrating in every state. Or, or would you wish for a certain kind of sick person to have access to your plant? Whatever it was. Pick your favorite plant. Roses, camellias, marigolds, radishes. It doesn't matter. Would you wish for that? Would you wish for the taxes on that plant to be 20 to 30 percent? Two, three hundred times what everything else might be? Would you wish for it to be a crime if you had too many of them or you didn't get the right paperwork or the right piece of, you know, licensing? Would you wish that it couldn't reach the mainstream medical community unless it went through FDA approval? If, it, if you do, if you would, please call me. You can call this show live at 646-929-2495. <clears throat> you can uh, watch me on YouTube. Um, Lisa's not here right now, so it's probably going to take a little while to get this thing shared. Uh, but I just posted it on uh, my homepage. And I'll hopefully be able to get a little bit of sharing done as hopefully more and more people will be on and we'll let a lot of people talk today. I've got a lot to talk about. Um, there's a chance, hopefully a good chance, that Congressman Dana Rohrbacher will be joining us. I got word from uh, Tracy Glor, Lance Glor's mom, that uh, he wanted to come on um, and his assistant or calendar guy, um, was supposed to get that happening, but a sitting congressman days away from election day in probably the most contested race he's ever been in um, is probably a busy guy. So whether he makes it or not, we'll see. But I want to say this. As we're going through the paces, as we're going through our um, 
our D's. I want to remind you all that we live here right now in the present. We don't live in yesterday. We don't live in last week. We don't live in last month, last year. And we don't live in tomorrow. We live right now. And there is a place where yesterday, right now, and the future come together. There's a spot of a moment of time where that happens. And if you're able to put yourself in that moment, if you're able to acknowledge that place where the three tenses come together at that millisecond, microsecond, nanosecond, whatever you might decide to call it, Imagine the perspective you might have. Imagine the ability to make change in your own world you might have. I sit in the presence of so many people, so many types of people. And, of course, you know, I'm one of these people, so I'm obviously guilty of everything myself. But I'm working on it hard as I can to make a difference in myself so that I can make a difference in the world. And one of the things I notice a lot, sorry, I'm trying to share this thing on Facebook. It's now shared on my public page. So please, if you're able to, you know, find the link and share it. Hopefully the Facebook Live will be going on soon, but that's a way more people can get a hold of this show and, and, and hopefully benefit from it. Anyways, one of the things that I find everywhere, and, and especially on social media, is people lamenting, people commiserating, people whining, people bitching, people complaining. I can probably go on a dozen or more and more ways to explain that concept, but People talking about what happened. And then there's a small percentage of people that talk about what they're going to do. Oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and this and all these things. But more and more people are talking about what happened. Oh, this person did that to me. And, oh, you know what that what, what happened here. Oh, And I'm not saying there's not a value to that. But imagine that point of view I was describing where the past, present, and future come together and the power of that, if you can visualize that in your mind's eye. And then imagine putting yourself back to the past and being there. Well, the present is happening now and the future is merging with the past on a, on a, on a regular basis. You just can't think that that would be the most productive way to move forward. And yet... So many people, so many ways, it seems that we're all prone to do that. So in my quest to be effective as a leader of this organization, as a host of this show, as a husband, a father, a grandfather, person trying to make a difference in the world, I am trying to be in the present today, right now, at this moment. And be with you. How many times are you in a conversation with somebody? And you're talking from the heart. And you're trying to communicate. You're trying to put an idea from your mind into somebody else's mind. 
And as you're talking to them, you watch them thinking about something else. And they're, they start talking in a different tone. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And you just know they lost you. You're officially now wasting your time. How many times do you do that? How many times are we busy talking instead of listening? You know, my guess is that all the people that listen to this show on some level are guilty of it. Hopefully you listen enough to get something from it. But the truth is things go into our background of our mind much quicker and they stay there while you're busy thinking about you or thinking about whatever it is you're going to do, thinking about what you're going to do while you're doing something else. I just can't help but think, again, all this comes down to why are we living in a world with prohibition and why are we okay with it? Why are we okay with being oppressed? I'm trying to figure it out so hopefully I can bring it to our attention and change it. I'm actively trying to do that right now. I made a post about this show on Facebook, a place that I don't like, but it's it's effective enough at getting people to see things that um, I'm, I'm I use it. I still use it. I'll continue to use it. I've removed, I think, most of the obstacles, the the haters and the the, the damaging people on it. To I don't can't see them much more anymore, and I don't think they see me, so it's really okay. But I made a post couple of days ago, or no, this morning, about this show, and I said, oh, Dana Rohrbacher is supposed to be on the show, and it was shared around a bunch, which I thought was kind of cool, and I thank everybody who's done it, but somebody came on, and they lambasted Dana Rohrbacher, I said, oh, he's a scumbag, he's a congressman, he's a crook, he should go, and I thought to myself, He's probably right. He's probably right on some level. Thanks, Glenn. I, I I hope he's able to call. I don't again. I don't know if Dana's going to call or not. Um. But the point was, we had a guest on of a congressman, a sitting congressman, who has done good for our movement. Dana Rohrbacher submitted Bill HR 1523 to Congress back in 2013, the Respect States Marijuana Law Act of 2013, which is five or six lines long, and basically said this. We're making a change to the Controlled Substances Act, and the, the, the changes are simple. They just basically say, except in states that decide they want to do it differently. The closest thing to something that could work that I'd ever seen. Now, in my life, I've been a voting citizen since 1984. So for 40 years almost, I've been a voting citizen, 35 years, I guess. I have not seen one bit of legislation that I supported, not one. And this one I did. And this was before we were a 501c3. And 
even though I was recognized as a group, the leader of this group, I went out and publicly supported this bill. And we published articles about it. I talked about it. I actively sought the support of others to reach out to their congresspeople. And you know what happened? That bill died in committee. And you know why it died in committee? Because it didn't get support. I failed at that. I was successful to some degree, but not successful enough. It died in committee, as all the rest of them seem to. So he resubmitted it in the next session of Congress at, with a different name. I don't remember the name that it is today. I think it's about to die again, or it may have already died again. And the same thing happened. Now, a year and a half ago, or maybe it was last year, it might have been last year, um, this is when the Rohrbacher Amendment was about to die in committee, uh, we launched a big campaign using our, our nonprofit, and um, we drafted a letter. We worked together with the, with the coalition, <clears throat> probably the only thing the coalition actually did um, as a coalition, as a unit. And we got, I don't know, I was horribly disappointed with it, but on some note it was successful. We, I think, got a couple of hundred signatures to it out of, you know, hundreds of thousands we should have gotten. But it failed. You know, we got, I, the amendment I think ultimately went through, I think it's on some level, uh, existing, but the law didn't pass. There is not that law in place right now. It never went to a vote. You know, we never got to find out how would it be voted on because it didn't happen. But Congressman Dana Rohrbacher has submitted three bills right there that I know specifically that would have helped us had they gone through. I don't know. I think that's worthy of some support. I'm not saying the guy's perfect. I don't know him personally. He's, he represents a very uh, conservative block of real estate right on the beach. A lot of rich people. Um, it's what it is. But the one thing he did, the one thing he did is he worked with us the Human Solution, and one of our prisoners, our prisoners, a prisoner, a prisoner of the drug war by the name of Lance Glor, who's currently serving a federal term. And he was operating, as far as we know, under state law in Washington. And he was not allowed an evidentiary hearing to even have the chance of bringing that fact into court. And so we worked with the attorneys that were involved and the congressmen, and we talked about it a few weeks ago. And that amicus curiae brief was submitted to the Supreme Court. And it was denied. But it wasn't because this guy didn't try. And yet this individual, which represents the reason that I, I don't like 
to be on Facebook because it it seems to draw out the moray eels. They sit in their little dark holes and they wait for something to swim by and then they snap at it. And 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 so few people are actually working together. There's a whole bunch of lone wolves out there going, I'm the guy, come join my club. But very few people willing to work together, lock arms, and work on a project that might help us in prohibition. It's always to some other end. It's always to some other thing. So we keep marching, and hopefully he'll call. And if he does, I'll give him a voice. The biggest point, I think, on that is where where do we put our attention? Do we put our attention at bitching about things? Or do we decide that it's worth working on? Do we decide that there's something I can do about it, and I'm going to take a step towards it? Because I have to think, from being on both sides of this war, I've been locked up. I've been chased, I've been attacked, and I've been free and worked to help others. If I had more help, I think we'd be further towards our goals. If more people would help, we would be closer to our goals. So the purpose of this show is to educate people about the problem. But if you've ever listened to this show and actually listened, you would realize that there's not a whole lot of bitching but maybe explaining, talking about what we can do, giving people an opportunity to tell their story so that you can make it personal. I don't know. That's the idea of this show. Now, I've had over the years, again, we started doing this show with some co-hosts and former members of the Human Solution, and it used to be called News from the Front Line. And I think we did it that way for a couple of couple of years. And um, it was a more formatted show. It had, you know, segments and this. And I, I keep saying I'm going to do that, and I keep thinking about it, trying to make it happen. But Wednesday's coming around pretty quick, so more often than not, what you end up with is something more like this couple of scratch notes that I've written down over the week and things I want to talk about, and we do the best we can. But I've had people over the years, and this represents the essence of the human solution, that tell me that this show to them is like going to church. And it's not church in the sense of I'm talking about, you know, how to get to heaven or anything. But it's church in the sense of a place of fellowship, a place to share a common love of something, in the sense of, of um, being together for a higher purpose. And I try to bring that to it, but it's not me bringing it to it, it's you all bringing it to it. And this is a non sponsored program, so you don't have a bunch of commercials. Um, oh, here's Craig Cecil calling from Federal Prison. And I was kind of hoping that Dana would be sitting on the call for this, call. but... You will not be charged for this call. This call is from... Craig Cecil. 
uh, it goes the other way. But in this little Orange County section, it's historically been a conservative district. Fantastic, fantastic. So anyway, well, we'll see. Hopefully is, he calls in. There is some excellent Republicans out there. <laughs> well, you know, the thing of it is, is it's not about what party they're with. You know, these people might be excellent in spite of their party. You know, in my opinion, both of the parties are just horrible. But there's some decent people in the mix of it all, and there's a lot of bad ones, but it doesn't mean it's because of the party. True. Although you do have some famous politicians. Uh, one that comes to mind is Maxine Waters. I think she's oh, her yeah. name. But... Uh, she's a piece of work, I'll tell you that. She's a... Uh, She's all over the place. She's she's as much of a of an extremist as you could as you could come up with. <laughs> Hopefully, people don't identify California with her. <laughs> well, I'm sure plenty do, but you know it it takes all kinds. You know, it's a it's a big big pool we swim in. But uh, the inmates here are all excited that. After the election, they're still hoping that in the few days and weeks that will be left in this Congress that they may pace, you know, pass some laws that, to try to reform some of the criminal justice stuff. Jared Kushner, uh, the son-in-law and advisor to the president, seems to be pushing for uh, a bunch of federal law stuff that actually helps uh, or at, at least the goal is to help uh, reduce recidivism rates. So really to help uh, people leaving federal prison, you know, get a better jump start, start on life. You know, maybe giving them some aid with uh, housing when they first hit the street, you know, some help with jobs and things of that nature. So I'm pretty happy by the sounds of it. Hopefully they really put together something that actually works. But I'd also, as you know, like them to look at the problems we have in sentencing, you know, under federal law, that I've pointed out many times that drug offenses carry much higher uh, sentencing ranges than violent crimes. And uh, I think it's high time that, you know, that the the public and the Congress look at, you know, that there, there must be something wrong with, for instance, me. Had I been convicted of rape, I'd be looking at about a 33-month sentence. But instead, on a marijuana church, they gave me life. <laughs> this, this is, I mean, there's, there's something wrong with the laws behind that. Well, I uh, I couldn't agree with you more, and I think that, you know, that's one of the reasons that this show exists, because, frankly, there's so much ignorance out there, you know, um, with all the, with all of these legalization and medical laws passing, more and more people believe less and less that there's anybody uh, going to jail anymore, that there's that there's any, they just think that, they hear the word legalized and they just assume everything's okay. And the truth is, I just posted some articles a few days ago that showed uh, the rise of arrests coming out of states where there's legalization because they all fall short of legalization. They they make something legal, but it's not what everybody's doing. It's just something. And I mean, like I, I've told you before, it just happened to me in the last week. I got exposed to a person where they, you know, were worried that he had a contagious disease, so they 
it's a, they, they actually performed correct on that in that they took some uh, blood samples and all that to make sure I didn't get it. But when they brought me over to medical, there were some outside people in the office when they tested my, or, you know, took my blood sample. And uh, right away, the nurses, who I don't even know their names, said, oh, you have to, you know, you should meet this guy. He, believe it or not, he's in prison doing a life sentence for marijuana, and he has no other convictions. So even the staffers here amongst them are amazed that people like me, and there's about 60 or 80 of us, I believe, in the, in the feds, that there's people like me with sentences that, most Americans, like the, the other people, commented right off, marijuana is essentially legal. <laughs> and yeah. they were all amazed, scratching their heads. Right. <laughs> but unfortunately, that's as far as it ever usually gets. You know, they walk away scratching their heads, and, you know, they, they go back to their free life. And they don't, you know, it doesn't it doesn't touch most people enough to get them to dig in and Especially today, where there's so many people engaged in some way in a business that's connected to cannabis, whether it's hemp or, or, or you know, THC products. There's so many people focusing on that rather than finishing the job. It's, it's, it's awful frustrating where I'm standing because I'm trying to, you know, trying to be part of this end. I'm trying to get the final peg knocked into this thing so we can actually have a life and not worry about this. Yes, this is something, you know, that really needs to be put in the dustbin of American history with, you know, things like the uh, alcohol prohibition that, you know, it took them a while, but they realized, you know, these, these are silly laws and we're hurting people for silly reasons. And exactly. Marijuana, you know, prohibition is... is suffers from the same disability. Well, you know, I, I say this. How many people would have supported a law that allowed gay people to get married except for Vietnamese and Native American gay people? How many people would have would have accepted that law? They would have said, hell no, that's not fair. And yet, we're just fine accepting a law that says, well, you can grow six plants but not eight, or you can you can have this but not that, and, you know, it, I, I just scratched my head on things. How did we let this happen? And as you know, the marijuana's uh, criminality came from racist roots. That's why they criminalized marijuana. Actually, it was spelled with an H in the original law, but marijuana, they didn't criminalize cannabis, the English word. They criminalized the Spanish word marijuana because they were targeting the Spanish people along the Mexican border. It was purely a racist law when it was originally passed in 1937. Well, that that was why I used that example. Well, you know, it, it, it's a it's a crazy thing. Oh, I see a 714 number coming up. That could be him. Anyways, it it's it's maddening to me to see that, you know, we're, we're making all this progress. We live in the information age where there's nothing that can't be shared easily, and yet, you know, our, for whatever reason, our goals seem to always be hands on money. 
Because that's the only reason why these legalization laws are coming through, because the states make a lot of money by locking people up. And so instead, we offer them a sacrifice and say, well, we're going to raise a lot of money for you, and that's why you should support it. And that's why it gets supported, not because they really support it, but just because it's going to offset the money that they would lose by locking more people up. Well, I think there's another concern out there that's maybe not less, you know, not quite as overt is uh, the alcohol companies and the drug companies. I, I think there's, you know, at least undercover operations within those groups to try to stop the decriminalization of marijuana because it would cut into their sales. I totally agree. I think there's a lot of agent provocateurs out there, especially in the... Uh, in the so-called movement, you know, you see uh, so many people that are that are so-called activists, but they're always attacking one person or another in the movement rather than supporting the movement as a whole. And I've always suspected that many of them are actually agent provocateurs working for somebody else. That would make sense. That would make sense. And like... Like you mentioned in the past, that these different marijuana companies now, which are expanding rapidly and uh, are, you know, able to manage larger and larger amounts of money, really have no incentive, it seems, to try to help those of us in prison or even, you know, help with, uh, uh, you know, money for advertising and for, you know, different kind of things as the, like the Cloud Brothers do or you know, some of the other wealthy people do for causes. Well, they end up turning into rats is what a lot of them do, and they end up trying to flesh out the those that are not like them. So what happens is is anybody who, who didn't jump through the hoops they jumped through becomes now a criminal in their eyes because of their competition. Hey, there's your first beat, Craig. I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to you so you get the last word. Okay, just to make an announcement, we we have some strange events going on next week, so I won't be able to call in next week because we're going to be locked in ourselves all day, so we have to go to work at night. Wow. I won't be able to call in next week. All but, right. Uh, I'll, you know, hopefully, uh, Congressman Robacher and others will, will, you know, be convinced to take a look at our criminal laws and figure out why the penalties such as life for marijuana even exist when most people would acknowledge that it should not exist and it definitely should not be imposed on anybody. Nobody deserves a life without parole sentence for marijuana. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And if he does call in, I'll send you a message on Coraline. There he goes. Well, at least he got the last word. And um, it worked out really good. Because we're not going to have a live show next week. <laughs> and it's Halloween, and I figure there's going to be more people out there Halloweening than uh, listening into the show. So we decided to go live in two weeks. Now, in two weeks, we're going to have an amazing guest that's going to tell us an amazing story of a, of a hike across America. A hike across America for the purpose of supporting the Indians, the Native Americans. 
and we're going to be talking about that journey, and we're going to be talking about the expansion of our mission. And uh, that'll be a bit of a segue. Native American Indians. No, they call themselves Indians. If you actually want to spend some time with them, um, but anyways, we're going to talk about that. We 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 had an amazing experience out here over the weekend with the Southern Cheyenne medicine man and uh, and uh, Arapaho uh, man as well. So we're, we'll be talking about that a little bit later in the show. Quite an amazing experience, and it affects us all. So I wanted to finish off the thought that I had first about the radio show and, and, and why we do it and who we do it for. As, as, as I was saying, you know, people find inspiration in this show and, and, and likely in other shows like this. And when we did this uh, ceremony, they called it a meeting, and it was a, a very special meeting for, um, you know, a, a specific purpose using their their tradition. And it was brought to a number of people's attention, and certain people showed up. And it was told to me that this meeting would bring to it the people that needed it. The people that needed to hear this will hear it. And I, I'm confident that this show is like that. I, I do this show not for the ratings because I don't get paid for it. I don't have any sponsors, so we don't really care if there's 10 people or 10,000 people or 10 million people. I do care for the purpose that if I have 10 million people listening, it's more likely that more will hear, and I'll be able to truly communicate with more of them. But if I was to reach 100 people and 100 of them got it, I would rather that than 10 million people and 80 people getting it. So I really firmly believe that just broadcasting the show every week without sponsors, without any um, anybody steering the boat, without anybody influencing the topics or the guests or anything else, I... I I firmly believe that that makes it a better show. And I believe that that makes it more connected to the real purpose. It's not watered down. It's not, um, again, it's not tainted. It's not poisoned, as so many things end up being. If you were to spend time researching the source of information, and that goes with professionals all across the country and in the world, if you were to follow their motivation, you would understand more. I'm going to get to one more point. We've got a lot of speakers on this show today, so I'll start stop talking and start listening pretty quick. But I want to get to this. There's a difference between expertise and mastery. And there are a lot of so-called experts out there and a lot of so for a lot of reasons. And there are very, very few masters of anything. And in this world of cannabis that we're talking about so much, as the world is accepting this and more and more people are not afraid, people have no fucking idea who laid the bricks that they're walking on today. Because some of us, didn't care whether there was a law five years, 10 years, 20 years, or 30 or 40 years ago. 
We did this because it needed doing. And we did this because it was important. And we took a risk that most people aren't willing to make. And we don't call ourselves experts in anything. Some do. But I don't. I've been cultivating cannabis since most, longer than most of the so-called experts have been alive. And I go into place after place and after place, and I go, hear about these master growers and their kids, and they're like, oh, yeah, I know everything, and here's how it has to be. And I scratch my head, and I go, wow, I need to pay attention to you, because I've only been doing this for 35 years, and I don't know a whole lot. I know what I've seen, and I know what I know, but I certainly don't know everything. And I have to wonder, when you stop listening and just keep yapping, with the exception of doing a radio show where your job is to yap, how do you learn? How do you learn anything? And then the other point I have, and I make it often, but I'm going to keep making it because it's an important point. This science is as much of an art as the science. As much as the science of the universe is as much of an art as the science. Because you know what? We don't know what most of it is. We don't know what dark matter is. We just called it dark matter because we don't know what it is. Okay? Ninety-some percent of the universe is made of shit. We don't know what it is. And the part we do know what it is, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger as it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. We don't know where it ends. We don't know if it ends. We just keep finding more stuff. And to think that a doctor no matter what their training as a doctor is, that began working with this plant five or ten or whatever, however many years ago, now is making assumptions that science could not make. If you know anything about science, what do you do? What do you know? What is the scientific method? Go back to your chemistry class or your biology class and start talking about the scientific method best you can hope to do is take two variables and study them. There's 400 and some compounds in the cannabis plant, and you're going to tell me that this terpene does this and that does that because you noticed it? I'm sorry. You don't know. When you take an oil to a lab and they say it's 67% cannabinoids, what's the other... 33%? Well, we don't know. We don't know. So how dare you come out there and tell me that this is what's actually happening with the certainty that leads people. Why don't we talk about what we see, what we observe, and share that information so that we can get some true collective knowledge in 100 or 1,000 years. But this is too big for anybody to be an expert. And everybody's busy. If you follow the line back, what you'll find is they're selling something. And I don't care if you're selling something. I sell stuff. I have a business. I sell things. But my purpose of talking in this forum isn't to sell stuff. It's to get you to think to get you to realize how important it is that we free ourselves, that we liberate ourselves from the oppression that is cannabis prohibition. And that's the place that we're starting. There's a lot more problems. We're going to be talking about them once we fix this one. All right. I always get worked up, and I say I'm not going to, but it's the truth. 
Um, we just did. We just had our election, and we talked about that uh, for about seven months. Uh, we've seated a new a new body, a new board. Uh, very pleased. We have a very strong board, strong leadership team, committed, uh, loving, caring people that I believe are committed to the highest good. None of us get any monetary compensation from anything we do. If we succeed, we will succeed in putting ourselves out of work, which yeah. is what we're here to do, because we're volunteers. <laughs> All right. So if that's crazy, let's get into the next phase. We just put up a new page on the website, thsintl.org, uh, Meet the Team. I've put up a video. Glenn Keeling's put up a video, and there will be more coming. Uh, we want you guys, everybody who supports this organization, um, members, non-members, supporters, people that want to help in Prohibition, we are building an A-team, a team of people that we would consider to be special forces, extra trained, extra educated, extra motivated, committed, and willing to do what it takes to get this job done. We're teaching the teachers right now. We're teaching the training the trainers, and that's what's happening right now. And if you want to be part of that, get with us. This is the highest level of, of coordination that I've ever seen, and it's better than it ever was. So um, we'll be talking about the newest chapter. New chapters are popping up, and it's the funniest thing. I said, we don't so much care about how many chapters are here anymore, and all of a sudden everybody's going, hey, wait for me. I want to be a chapter. All right. That's cool. As long as you're committed and you're willing to help us in prohibition, then yes, we want a, we want another chapter. So we're going to be talking about our new Central California chapter um, that's going to be rising up today. Um, so, anyways, check out that um, the new Meet the Team page. It's going to be adding all of the leadership team is going to be adding videos. And again, I encourage you, every single member. Members only, I, I, I include every member of the Human Solution, every card-carrying active member, to send us in a video. And go to the website, hit the Contact Us page, and shoot a little YouTube video, or whatever, however you want to do it, and submit it. And tell us about why are you part of the solution? What brings you... To the solution. Why do you want to help us end prohibition? What? How does this touch you? And if you could, if you would, if you might, end it by asking everybody else. Would you like to help? <laughs> I think if we if we begin, you know, as we started this new term, we talked about again this moment, the present. Don't worry about the past. Don't worry about where we've been, what we've done. That's great. We're standing on it. That's 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 our our history. That's where we stand. We stand on the legs of on the shoulders of our ancestors. Okay, well in some cases we are our ancestors, so we're both. But at the end of the day it doesn't matter. We're here today. And prohibition is still there in our present and in our future unless we change it. So we're beginning to make this change through this action. Pay attention to the website. T-H-S-I-N-T-L dot org. 
There's going to be a lot of new changes, information about the new chapters and the old chapters, activities, planning, getting to know the team. I think that our family unit is probably the most important aspect of this organization is that we are a big family. And years ago, we were doing a, a training about nonprofits, and one of the activities was, you know, describe your organization. How does it work? And we all came up with, well, it's kind of like the mafia, only it's good because <laughs> it's a big family. And we have our dysfunctions and our and our whatever disagreements and, and, and everything, but in the end, we got each other's back. You know, we don't screw each other. You don't mess around with this team. And, again, it's obviously in the good way. <laughs> Not, you know, take everything negative about that and turn it into a positive. And that's the, that's the, um, that's the idea. So the notion, have you ever been to a family reunion that is your big extended family and you show up and you're like, holy crap, who are these people? And you get to know them. You know that there's a common thread. You know that they have your chromosomes in them. They got your DNA. You have similar-looking nose or eyes or ass or whatever it is that's similar about you. You have similar parents, sisters, brothers. But what is it that really connects you? And what do you do? You sit around and you start talking. You share stories. I don't know. seems to work. Bonding. You ever go to a leadership conference? What do you do? People start talking. They get to know each other. They share themselves. Well, that's what this is, giant leadership conference. Why don't we become leaders? Why don't we become leaders in our own communities? Why don't we strengthen our relationships with those people that are supposed to be supporting this mission? I can't come up with a reason. And if anybody is listening to this and says, you're full of shit, call Call, please. Pick up your phone, 646-929-2495. I want to hear about it. I want to hear about it. Because I don't understand. I don't understand why we're not standing together. I don't understand why there's thousands of cannabis businesses and not one of them, except for one I know, is actually standing up to support ending prohibition. I just don't understand. Why aren't we trying to get this to happen as hard as we try to get some asshole elected once in a while? Why why can't we make this important enough? And Sarah dares you. <laughs> so I dare you too. Yeah, Chad's on. We're going to bring him up next. So um, I just keep getting on a roll, and I don't know. It's my show, so. Right. I can I can do this when I'm on a roll. Um, all right, so we have Chad Thompson on the line. We got Terry Catrone Low on the line. We got Pete Yapel on the line. Glenn Keeling on the line, and all of them have something to say. Important stuff. Uh, Chad Thompson was on the was on the show a little while ago, and he's got an idea now. The Human Solution International, I don't know, say it slowly, the Human Solution has an idea. It's a plan. It's a solution. 
And when somebody comes up with an action, an activity, an idea to make a positive change, I don't know, seems like a good idea to listen. So we got Chad Thompson on the line. He's got an idea, and we're going to listen. Or not, you can leave. But stick around if you can, because i got a lot more good stuff to talk about. All right, Chad Thompson, you are live on the air. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Joe. Thank you so much. It's great to be back. Well, I've been looking forward to hearing more. And, uh, you know, I, 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 get, I only get to talk once, every, once a week, so sometimes I get a lot of, uh, lot of stuff builds up. i got to let it out. Otherwise, I'll pop. So now I've relieved the pressure a bit. Now it's your turn. <laughs> I understand completely. I, um, I I appreciate the opportunity to uh, to talk. Um, so what we have going on is essentially it's it's kind of an innovative approach to the drug war. Um, it's it's probably not the ultimate answer, but I can tell you it's a it's a pretty good gap fill. Um, Right now, you know, we have legalization states, there's medical marijuana states, there's all kinds of uh, different laws throughout the country. But obviously, as you know, even in these quote-unquote legal states, even there, there's still a lot of uh, people getting in trouble. And so what we're doing is we're offering another solution. There's uh, probably 40 states where this is able to be done. And it's, it's not new exactly, but it's an innovative twist to uh, changing the law, the marijuana law, on the local level. And, and where the twist comes is that we, we, it's kind of a weird gray area. What we do is we do not change the law necessarily. We change the penalty. So marijuana uh, on a local level, and, and that's kind of key, and what that does is that allows us to – actually with no money just local activists actually be effective and change the law and so on the local level what we do is we leave marijuana illegal so that there's no conflict with the state law and it's actually a real ordinance but what we do is we decriminalize all the way down to a zero dollar fine and and this is a very key critical point there's decriminalization is not new um and, you know, what's traditionally when you think of decriminalization, you think of, you know, uh, no, no jail time and a, and a low fine. Now, what does low mean? In some of these, quote, unquote, decriminalized cities, it's $500 or more, up to a $1,000 fine. So what, what we do is we go down to a $0 fine. You don't have to have jail time. You don't have to have a financial fine either. In addition to that, we suspend the court costs. Now, what this does is it actually is kind of counterintuitive because the marijuana remains illegal, but because there's no penalty, the cops just kind of walk away from the, the, the charge completely. And so it's kind of similar to uh, jaywalking. Jaywalking is illegal. It's a finable, ticketable offense, but you don't really fear doing it, and you essentially you do it all the time without thinking about it, and the police see it all the time without 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 charging, and so we know what happens. Since 2015, there's been in Toledo, um, which has nearly 400,000 people, uh, Toledo, Ohio, 
uh, has not had a, a cannabis possession ticket up to seven ounces in, in, in about three years. Um, in fact, I just heard a story today about somebody uh, where the police found a jar of, of cannabis and, uh, you know, some, some other paraphernalia and essentially did nothing, didn't take it, didn't even, the person tried to hand it to the police and the police didn't even reach out, didn't even take it. Uh, it, it, this kind of law change, it changes the entire culture, and it gets away from, uh, you know, um, when we think of cannabis freedom, you know, a lot of times we think of all these different laws. I live in a, in a, in a legal city in Toledo, but I feel like there's no, there's no regulations I have to follow. Like I live in a quasi-legal city uh, with no regulations. So, so I have cannabis freedom without regulation, and it, it also provides cover from corporate exploitation because it's still illegal. So, so corporate raiders can't come in and fleece us citizens. So there's a lot of really good things that can come about because of this. It's achievable. It's real. It provides protections for users for whatever they want to use it for with no regulation and it's and it's achievable pretty pretty easily. Well, so what so is I somebody just, I just rattled off a lot. So go go ahead if you have any questions. Yeah, so well my my the obvious question would be what does it take to make that happen? So how do you do it? This is so this is a process that is allowed in approximately forty states approximately 40 different states allow the local citizens to make laws, very similar to how they allow city councils to make laws. So a city council, when we think of legislation in the city, a lot of times we go straight mentally to city council. So city councils have that right. Well, so do most people. They just don't know about it. They don't teach us this in school. The reality is, is, this is a process called home rule, or another uh, way of thinking about it is self-rule. And it's been grant. The idea was it was granted to us when we are not feeling satisfied by the legislators we enact. There's a process by which we draft a petition, we go out and get signatures, and then when we have the required number, we submit it to the proper officials. And there's a process laid out in each state, essentially that. It takes it to the ballot, and then if approved, it becomes the law. So my question now, would be I, this. Um, do you have this process articulated in any way? So it's determined by each state. Each state has its own process, and there's a website called Ballopedia um, that lays out each state's process very, very uh, efficiently and very easy to understand. I also work with a nonprofit here called the Sensible Movement Coalition, and our main focus is to push and help uh, expand and grow what we are calling this uh, kind of as a brand, Sensible Decrim, Sensible Decriminalization. Um, it's a no-fine, no-time law. Um, we are working diligently just to make people aware of it and to help them achieve it for free. 
Like we just we are reaching out and and helping people. We're writing the actual petitions. Um, we're we're giving local support on the ground in terms of grassroots organizing, which you know obviously uh, anybody involved in the human solution is going to have some level of experience uh, doing that. But but um, we can step in and help to whatever level we're needed. Um, and it's a situation where you really got to take it on a case-by-case basis because the state that you're in will determine what you're allowed to do and what that process is exactly. And so um, I would be willing to help and work with anybody that had any kind of interest in that. Well, I guess what I'd like to do is we have a resource section of the website and if you wanted to be listed as a resource and um, submit some sort of a, um, I don't know, a, a, a synopsis of what you just said and then a sure. link to how to reach you, uh, we could put that into our resources section. Uh, the other question I have, and again, I'm only, I'm only going to uh, bring this up because I'm always the devil's advocate. If I stand on truth, I want to make sure it's the truth. Um, for sure. for reasons, um, I deal with a lot of these sovereign people and the admiralty law and all this stuff. And um, when I have a show and say I want to talk about it, nobody comes out. And my research shows that that doesn't really hold constitutional muster um, in the sense of yeah, you know, you can you can make a claim based on anything, but to be able to say this is a real thing. Um, mm-hmm. I, I got to have something that says, "Well, this is this is where it comes from. This is the core of it, and it's recognized." Um, I don't want to have somebody go, you know, chasing a windmill with a toothbrush. I want it to be, sure. uh, you know, a blowtorch and a chainsaw. And so, yeah. give me some teeth. Where does this come from? Okay, I, I understand exactly your position, and I can appreciate it. Uh, I too am from Missouri, and I'm like, listen, show me. And, and I think that's part of my success is because I make people prove it. And yeah, uh, here's essentially um, what, what it runs down to. To be honest with you, it's going to change state by state. So when you talk about local law, what, that, what we have, the framework we have to work within is in that state. So, for example, in Ohio, if I pass a local law, and I'm going to answer your question, I promise. In Ohio, when I pass a local law, uh, as long as there's no direct conflict with the state law and those rules have been laid out by court, uh, Supreme Court decisions and so forth, the law locally supersedes the state law. So in other words, in Ohio, there's six cities that have this law. The local police do not have the option to charge a state ticket. Now, that's because of Ohio law. In Georgia, that's not the case. In Georgia, the two laws actually work uh, concurrently, and uh, they can charge either. So now the majority of states, it's going to be like in Ohio, where if there's no direct conflict, the local law, counterintuitive to what we've always been told, will actually trump the state law. So I can't give you an across-the-nation answer, but I can tell you this. In Ohio, uh, this was all played out in court. The city of Toledo was sued by the state. 
Um, this has been an active law in Toledo that's been enforced uh, for the last three years and in every city that has it, um, because in Ohio, the case law um, preceding what we did really laid out what we were allowed to do. It gave us the groundwork, the, the rules of the game, so to speak. Um, and we have umpteen Supreme Court uh, cases proving uh, what we're saying. And in fact, we have three years of history proving what we're saying. But it's going to depend on what state we're in. The, the laws of Ohio may not be the laws of California uh, and Idaho and, and, and vice versa. But, but what we can do is we can look at it and evaluate each individual situation and say, hey, look, this is what we can do here. Um, this is what we're allowed to do. This is, these are your parameters. Uh, or we can look at it and go, you know, I'm sorry, you live in Indiana. There's nothing you can do here. Um, so it, it's really something that um, on an individual basis you have to evaluate it based on the state law. Okay. Well, but I can I, tell I, you, I, we, I we have no interest in wasting our time with a, a paper tiger of making a statement. The only reason that we've dedicated the time over the last five years to this is because it's a real mandatory enforceable law. There's no sense doing it. Well, and I, uh, like I said, I, I support the notion, you know, in, in my opinion, bad laws ought to just be broken because they're bad. Um, and so if you can come up with a way to take the sting out of the penalty of a bad law, then that's good to me. Um, in my opinion, I think what you're talking about is similar to what we do with jury nullification. You can teach people that you have a right that goes against the grain a little bit, but it's your right, and, you know, there's there's a way to make it happen. And, and you know, in some cases there's there's better ways than others, and, and you know, your willingness to uh, um, help to make this happen, if you dig in and make it happen, then that's a victory. So I'm all about it. Yeah, I, I guess, you know, until the repeal of all, you know, until it's legal as lettuce, um, you know, this is a backdoor approach to achieve a very similar result. Um, it's 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 different. It's it's really a yeah, you have to tilt your head half a degree sideways to see it. But if you can really hear what I'm saying and and just let that kind of sink in for a second, you know, there half a pound of cannabis in Toledo is essentially quote unquote legal. Uh, with no regulation, with no, you know, public consumption tickets being written. It's just, it's, it's, it's what you would want in a utopia society in terms of protections for being able to, to possess cannabis. Um, and it's, it's obviously, there's some states it's not allowed, but there's a vast majority of, of cities across this country that, that can essentially uh, effectively stunt uh, the prosecution of uh, misdemeanor cannabis. Well, and I also realize this. We have a man by the name of Darren Elliott who's going to come on next who's facing 30 years um, for cannabis in Ohio. So clearly um, they, as laws are and as law enforcement is, there's always a way around it if they decide to flex their muscles. But meanwhile, 
everything we can do to make it better, to give us an edge, to give anybody a chance to get passed over through all this oppression is absolutely a good thing. So how does somebody get a hold of you if they want to, if, if this takes a shine or they take a shine to this idea and they want to get involved? Sure. So let me give you a couple different uh, ways. So on Facebook, um, I would search the Sensible Movement Coalition, uh, like us. Um, you can message us uh, if you have any questions. I'm going to give out my personal email. Um, feel free if you have any questions. Uh, I'm, I'm more than willing to help. Just reach out. My email is tchad65 at gmail.com. That's tchad65 at gmail.com. And also Facebook uh, search for Sensible Movement Coalition. All right. Well, I am very pleased to, to listen to some original ideas, and I and I love to see this kind of thing start happening. Um, saw grassroots. This is what we're about as an organization: empowering people, give people that 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 power to make a change without having to necessarily go through the hoops that the bureaucracy has laid out for us. There are more than one way to make changes, as we teach people from the inside out, jury nullification, making these local ordinance changes, um, you know, take the teeth out of the penalty and see if they want to keep hitting us. Cost them money to hit us. If they don't get our money from it, why would they continue doing it? Um, so there's definitely a lot of, um, of merit to this. And if you could um, get with Glenn, I know you and Glenn are working together, and uh, submit something that we can put on our website as a resource, and we'll direct people to you that are interested. Okay, we will do. we will do. And if you could, any time that you make a, <clears throat> a victory, that you get another locale that does this, if you'd be willing to check in, um, you know, people like to bet on a winning horse. People like to well, tell you uh, what. <laughs> jump in when things are working. So the more victories you can share, the 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 more likely you are to get more people to dig in and want to know about it. Absolutely, Joe. I appreciate it. I tell you what, uh, we have six cities on the ballot this year. Uh, I would love to come back and I, I can give you a, a post-election update. That would be fantastic. And I very much look forward to it. I'd like to see something other than the same old assholes getting elected uh, come out of an election. Sounds awesome. Thanks a, thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. All right, folks. Chad Thompson, and uh, he's got some great ideas. And if you missed it, um, this is all archived. Uh, been videotaped on two different live feeds. Rewind, find it, and uh, reach out and find Chad. Thank you so much, Chad. We'll talk to you after the election. Thanks a lot, Joe. Appreciate it. All right. All right. So um, I think up next I'm going to bring Darren Elliott. He's a defendant from Ohio that's been on numerous times, has an update. Um, he doesn't always able to stay on the line. So um, but I want to get through a lot of these points. We've still got 45 minutes to go, and uh, I think we've got enough time to kind of do everything. With the new election um, and the website moving forward and getting updated more regularly, I'm, I'm pulling away from Facebook. 
Um, we'll still have a presence there, uh, but I just keep seeing the same old shit. You know, people posting whatever, blah, 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 blah. You know, they post things that are either irrelevant, there's, there's quote, fake news, there's just people looking to, to snipe at things, and I just, it's, it's become distasteful. Um, we do have a Facebook members-only page, and that, we can shield ourselves from that because you don't get to come in unless you're a member. Um, the problem is, personally, I removed most of the people from my friends list, and as an admin of the page, I can only add people that I'm connected to. And so um, a little while ago, I removed 4,800 people from my friends list, and I've only got a couple hundred left. And they're not all members, And but what you can do is you can go on to it, just type in the Human Solution International Members Group, and it'll give you a place that you can request um, to join. And if you request to join and you are a current member, we'll let you in. Now, we've been slowly and sporadically removing people from that page that are not members. I hate to do it because there's a lot of good folks who have a lot of common ideas, um, but you just don't step up and become a member. Well, this is a members page, so if you want to be involved with this group, you got to be part of this group. And I don't really care about what other groups you're part of. I mean, if it's helping, it's helping. If it's not, it's not. But this is specifically a members-only group. So that's really the only place I'm going to be spending time on Facebook, aside from posting this show on some of the other pages. I think we removed most of the uh, non-active pages anymore. So, um, you know, trying to uh, make it legitimate, make it relevant, make it current, and that's what's going on. So um, I can't add you probably, but you can ask, and we'll put you up if you're on the roster. If you're not on the roster, get on the roster. All you have to do is go to the website, thsintl.org, and sign up as a member. If you want to call in this show, we got another 40-some minutes, 41 minutes and 40 seconds. Um, a lot of people uh, we want to hear from, a lot of people have things to say. I especially want to hear with you if you disagree with me. I'm not somebody looking for adulation or agreement. I'm looking for the truth. And if you think your truth is different than my truth, let's talk about it. If you think your truth is the same as my truth, tell other people. I already know. Call up 646-929-2495. Want to hear what's going on, talk about things I haven't talked about, or tell me why I'm wrong. love to hear about it. Um, Darren Elliott from Ohio. Again, he's part of a case. He's been on the show numerous times. I think there's four or five defendants involved. Our uh, Creative Care Beacon chapter is currently supporting this case. And um, we got an update. Darren, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hi, how you doing, Jim? I'm doing all right. First off, I want to thank um, Glenn and Peggy for their continuous support. They showed up at the, um, not the last court date, but the court date before they showed up and they was there. Um, yeah, so I've been at two court dates since the last time I've called. It was a, it's been an evidentiary hearing. The first court date, 
one officer got on the stand and um, pretty much testified that he didn't know Ohio had a medical marijuana law until he, after he arrested us. And then right at, right when he said that, we're right, we're, we're facing three felony twos and three felony threes apiece. That's 33 years apiece. The, the, the prosecutor handed a piece of paper, a piece of paper over to immediately after he had said that, because my, 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 my attorney was cross-examining, he immediately handed a piece of paper over oftener's all misdemeanors besides the driver, which my girlfriend, which she, they want her to take a felony for. We told him no. Okay, we came back. The next court date was just uh, about a week ago with the second court evidence there, hearing where the the um the second Ohio State Patrol officer was there. This is in Toledo, Ohio, too, where this lady was just saying how they're so lenient in Toledo, Ohio. We had medical cards, and we were still arrested and charged with a lot of charges over charges. This is in Toledo, Ohio, and um the Ohio the second Ohio State Patrol officer showed up, and she uh. She um, testified that um, it was about suppression of Miranda rights. That that this day, everybody's body cam didn't went out that day and wasn't working, and and, and 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 the body the body cam just just stopped working. Or their body cam didn't work that day, and the body cam that did work, that my lawyer they said they said they they erased it after uh, six months. My lawyer said, "Then well, it's pretty funny that I I filed a motion two months after, after it happened, uh, um, for for these tapes, and you guys never produced them, and then you guys just convenient you guys erased them six months later. It got objected, and then after that after that hearing was over, and he and that officer testified under oath that Ohio does not have a medical marijuana law, which was supposed to be up and running September eighth of two thousand eighteen." Fully, we're just behind schedule, okay. And and neither and 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 my lawyer has asked both of these uh, cops, Ohio State Patrol officers, as if have they had any training or do they know anything about Ohio Bill Five Twenty Three? And neither neither one of them has had any training or knew anything about it until after they arrested us. And because this was in Toledo, Ohio, where they. Where the lady earlier was just saying that it was more lenient, and they, I mean, I guess they didn't know about Ohio medical law because you're allowed to have another 200 grams. I don't know, but we had less than that, and they just they offered us all misdemeanors after the second evidence hearing. They said we can get over today. You guys just cut your losses. We can get over each one. You guys just take a misdemeanor. So this went down from six major felonies, 33 years apiece. To four misdemeanors, a misdemeanor apiece, misdemeanor one apiece, and we still told them no. And they're they're so pissed off about it. They said, "What do you guys?" Because I feel like the, my term, my attorney's the only one working for us. The other attorneys, I feel like, is working for this for the state, like just trying to get it over with. Because I, I and I, I really really feel like my attorney's the only one working for. He said he wants to try this case. The law's on our side. The other three is trying to get them to take deals, tell them they need to cut their losses. And Mike, did you we're charged with six twenty four felony major signs amongst us and you guys are offering us a misdemeanor one apiece and we didn't do nothing wrong, so it would be and the judge even said, it, this you guys realize this is a very good plea deal. I said, Yeah, Your Honor, it would be a very good plea deal if we did something. So I don't I we're not taking the offer. So we we you know, turned down their misdemeanor we turned down their misdemeanor offer too. I want to tell you that uh, the same thing happened to me, um, and I did the same thing, and I stood and took it to the box, 
And in my case, it went south, but I overcame it because I stayed the course all the way through it. Today, I have no criminal record. And I didn't cooperate with one lick, and they didn't get jack out of me except for the money that I never got back, but that's it. And, um, you know, there's something I can stand tall in any room, anywhere I go, and know when everything got ugly, you know, this group is so important to me because I know that when you stand tall and you do the right thing, it not only works, and it cripples them, and they, it, it angers them so much. Think about this. Uh, they're pissed off that we won't take a misdemeanor plea because we're charged, uh, we're, we're charged with six major felonies apiece, and they've knocked it all the way down to one misdemeanor plea. It's a plea apiece, no jail time, two two years of non-reporting probation, and we would never have to go up there. So pretty much just thrown out, just give us a misdemeanor conviction. And we told them no. Like, well, I'm, 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 I'm firm for what I believe in. I'm sorry, I did nothing wrong, and I'm not giving you no conviction. You guys have cost me a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of, a lot of, of a lot of suffering dealing with you. So I'm not done dealing with you guys. This ain't over. I'm, I'm gonna fight this until the, to the, to the wheels rock off. You guys are gonna have to give me all 33 years, and if you guys feel like you guys are ready to go to trial, let's start picking jurors because that's how I feel. <laughs> Well, good. I, I absolutely uh, respect and support that. And, you know, if it ends up going to trial and I have any way possible, um, you know, to get out there, let me know and I will. Mm-hmm. Well, we're, the next court date sets for November something. We're going to hear, so we'll hear something. Then we got a motion to dismiss and a motion because of the spoil evidence. I was able to show. I mean, this is the first time, I mean, I've, I've been in, a, in criminals' courtrooms. Um, I can't say I'm proud of, but I've been in criminal courtrooms when I was younger. And this is the most corrupt shit I've ever seen in my life. I mean, cops get on the stand lying, contradicting themselves, saying they don't even know that it's a law, that they thought it was a bill, that, I mean, it was, this shit was like a circus. It was a sitting judge that heard it. And then the, the judge that's got our case ain't even here. And then they're trying to offer us. I'm like, dude, you guys. And, they, and then the three attorney, one, my girlfriend's attorney said, she was the driver, the one that was facing the felony for a misdemeanor. She said, what if we call down your uh, place you're on probation at, because she's on felony probation, and see if, if, see if, if you take a felony, if they'll send you to prison. And they called down there without even asking her, and they told her, yeah, we'll probably send her to prison. And then they offered her a misdemeanor. She was like, I didn't tell you to call down there. And then we told you we're not taking no pleas. Like, they just want us to take a deal so bad because they know that we did nothing wrong, and they messed up. And they need, they want a conviction, and they they got the wrong ones to get a conviction out of. We'll go to trial if we have to. I mean, I'm, I I believe firmness of the next court date. Our doctor is taking the stand. Our doctor is standing behind us 100%. And our doctor is not just a doctor. He also has a law degree. He just hasn't taken the bar exam yet. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's pretty read in on it because he don't want to lose his doctor or his law degree. I'm pretty sure he's right in on the law before he starts certifying people for uh, marijuana. Well, I I, I very much uh, appreciate that you're checking in and, and telling us about what's up. And, again, you know, if anybody's listening to this and you're facing charges, it's a, it, here's a little-known secret. It's not really a secret, but um, 
they will come after you. They had me initially with 22 felony counts. And by the time my trial, it was 14 felony counts, and it was 12. And by the end of it, they offered me what they call a wobbler. And if I'd have done a year's probation, I would have I would have had nothing on my record. Um, but I wasn't willing to do it. But the point is, is at the very end, usually, even even right there when a jury's being pitched, if you stay your course, the chances are. The very best deal will come right at the very end, and 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 there's a good chance that they'll just outright drop it because they they play Mexican bluff, and they know that most people, 97, 98 percent of the people will sign on on that, and they will give the probation officers another job to do. They'll give the another chance to to get violated, and they keep that machine a humming, and it's just how it works. But you don't have to work it that way. You can, you can do what uh-huh. you know is right, and that's what you guys are doing. Yeah, we 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 ain't, uh, and then, and that's really got them pissed because they know once we once they offered us all misdemeanors and we told them that they knew we were serious. So they know it's either we're going to trial or you guys are dismissing us. So there's no more time to play games. You guys pick because they know after they offered the misdemeanor with no jail time and we told them no, and we were charged also with six major felonies. They know it's either. Let's start picking jurors, or it's time to dismiss. There's no more time to waste time because this buffing shit ain't working. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. And uh, when is your next court date? November 13th. All right. Well, if anybody's up in the Ohio Ohio area, get a hold of Glenn Keeling. He's got all the information. And if you've never been to a court support before, um, I can tell you this, it's a life-changing event. No matter even if nothing much happens, when you show up to help somebody, whether you know them or not, and just your just your simple presence being there, you will connect yourself to something bigger than yourself, and you will make a positive effect, and you will experience some of what I call the unlimited intangible benefits that we get from being part of the human solution. So, um, yeah, I, I have met some great people that came and showed court support for me during, during my uh, court, uh, since my court case. I've met a lot of great people that came and showed court support, and I, just, I want to thank everybody that came and showed court support. And I appreciate right. the continued court support of that, that people that come. That's it. And that's the biggest thing we do is we show up and we keep on showing up. Well, Darren, I look forward to hearing more when uh, the next hearing comes, and uh, you're always welcome yeah, to join the keep, show when it comes up. Yeah, I'll keep you updated, Joe. You have a good night, buddy. You do the same. Thank you very much. Darren Elliott, once again, folks. Okay. Uh, once again, it seems to keep happening. The show's dwindling down. we got another 30 minutes. Uh, I don't see Tom Corby on the line. Hopefully he will make it, but I understand uh, he's he's in a lot of pain. Um, he's going through some back problems. Uh, he's been in and out of the hospital. Um, you know, say a prayer. Think a good thought. Have a have a visualization. See Tom Corby um, out there. Very active man. A man who um, you know, it's probably killing him inside to be hurting so bad that he can't get up. Uh, this is community. This is family, folks. Just you know, we send him 
a number of care packages and will continu continue to do so. But sometimes, um, you know, we need more than that. So, uh, you know, let's, let's let's give all of our thoughts and intentions to, to Tom Corby, and uh, hopefully he'll join the show today. But if not, uh, that he gets himself to a spot where he's able to get out there and fight again some more. Uh, we always think of our of our brothers and sisters when they're when they're down. Another uh, person that I want to at least throw in a thought and intention out. This is a difficult part for me. I've I've learned over the years that I can't do this for you. Um, I get as much as 97, 98% of the people take plea deals, probably 80 or 90% of the people that contact us for help aren't willing to help themselves. And literally that many, only 5 to 10% of the people that contact us actually engage actually are willing to dig in and do what Glenn is doing and do what Darren is doing and get out there and advocate for yourself. And it breaks my heart a little bit because I've been there and I know what would have happened had I not advocated for myself as shamelessly and as humbly as I had to. I wouldn't, I would have a criminal record. I would have done probably six years in prison. So I know... I know very much that what we do works. I know that if we stand up and fight for ourselves, you're more likely to get other people to stand up and fight for you. And I know that many people are sick and they're not able to do it or they put some effort in and they feel like it's all they can do because they've had so many things happen. But I know that when you work together with other people and then other people stand up there on the corner and they're the only ones that, that they're going to do this on their own and they're going to do it through Facebook. And they don't reach out to any other groups and they don't participate. I've watched people that fit that profile either end up taking deals or end up out there with very little or no support. And I know that when people stand up and they say, here's what's going on, I'm advocating for this, there's a wrong being done, I'm trying to right it, I'm standing up on my own, and will you help me? And they'll go to other groups and they'll go to other people and they'll do whatever it takes. That's when it works best. And it's a very, very small percentage of people willing to do that. And I've learned this, and I wish it wasn't so, but it is. If I or any of our members act in a way that is greater than yours, you won't respect it. You won't reciprocate it. And it won't have the same meaning. So you've got to fight. You've got to fight if this is going to work. It's the only way it works. And if you watch somebody else fight and you see them being successful, I can't understand why doesn't it resonate. Why don't you say, oh, I could do that. We have a history, literally a history, 
of people that have benefited from what we're teaching, what we talk about, that are free and whole and part of a significant community. And I, we have a history of people that have not done that, that have fallen short and are either in prison, have been in prison, or ended up taking a deal and ended up having a criminal record. That's all I can say, folks. We can't do it for you. We can't want it more than you. I can't carry you on my back. My back's sore. I can barely carry my damn self, but I will. If it happened to me again, I'd do the same thing I did before. And I'd take everything I learned and I'd apply it. And I'm asking you, if you have a case or you know somebody who has a case, to do the same. Anyways, we have uh, Melody uh, Cashin, who is... um, a member of the Human Solution. And we just sent her a package of ribbons and uh, brochures. And the way I understand it, since I haven't heard from her directly, is that she has a trial on the 29th, which I believe is a week from yesterday. Or, yeah, I think something like that. Anyways, the 29th, I believe she starts trial. So I I invited her to come on the show, and, and hopefully she does come on. There's only... 22 minutes left to go, but um, like I said, it breaks my heart a little bit to have to speak for somebody. Um, I'm sure she's sick or having issues, and that's why she didn't make it, but we need to get our advocates out there advocating. It's what we do. All right. I've got one more little point I'm going to make, and then I'm going to turn the rest of the show over. I was going to talk about this uh, Cheyenne ceremony that we did, but I don't have enough time to get into it deep enough. So in two weeks, uh, when we talk about this walk across America, um, I'll talk about that in concert. The human solution is about being effective. And that's an important word, because you can be passionate, you can be compassionate, you can be intelligent, you can be motivated, you can be angry, you can be a lot of things. But if you're not effective, you're not going to affect the change you seek to to make happen. It's all part of the word. Just like activism hard to be an activist if you don't act. It's just, I don't know, a little grammar, a little, uh, I don't know, what do you call uh, etymology, I think, when you look at what words are all about, take them apart, see what they're made of. Grammar cop. And being effective sometimes is counterintuitive. Sometimes in order to be effective, you have to do something different than you would rather do it. Sometimes it means you need to shut the hell up and listen. Sometimes it means you need to speak and don't be afraid. Sometimes it means you need to cut your damn hair because they won't listen if you don't. Sometimes it means you need to put on a button shirt because otherwise you're being disrespectful to the courtroom. Sometimes you can get away with it. And that doesn't mean that. I'm not saying there's only one way to do this. 
just like what our former guest was talking about. Every state's different. Every courtroom's different. Everywhere we go is different. What's important to know is where are you at, what is it going to be appropriate, what's going to get you the most action, what's going to work the best. Oh, Glenn, you should have seen my hair is down the middle of my back, but in the courtroom I was at, if I hadn't cut it, it would have made a difference even worse. Sometimes we make sacrifices. Not saying anybody has to do it, I'm just saying sometimes that's the way it is. I, I feel that I've, I'm more effective because my hair is shorter today than if my hair was long. More people that are not like me listen to me because of that, and that's who I'm trying to reach is the people that are not like me. And so they might not like me, might not, they might be like me on the outside, but they're probably not like me on the inside, and that's how you can reach them. Anyways, again, the point is being effective, being effective. I'm trying to fix myself right now. I'm trying to make myself more effective. I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to be better at whatever I'm doing. I'm trying to get what I'm setting out to get. And one of the things that I've come upon is the way we are. Are we positive? Are we negative? Are we always contrarian? Are we always saying, bat, 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 bat? shouldn't be this. It couldn't be that. It's not this. Argumentation of over everything. How many people do you know that are like that? And what do you do when they start yapping? Blah, 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 blah. That's all you hear because they're just going, bop, 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 It's just human nature. And, yeah, they might be right, they might be wrong, but it doesn't matter because you're not listening because they're just being negative. What about the person who always comes along and says, hey, you know what, I got an idea. What if we tried this? Or I like what you're saying. Maybe we can find a way to bring that to life. You're a little more likely to listen to that. I don't know, maybe. What if we thought about how we think and talk? What if we what if we decided it really doesn't matter so much if we think blah blah blah. But what if we think what is it that we're here to accomplish? How are we gonna do that? You know, they say you catch a lot more flies with honey than whatever, vinegar or sulfuric acid or whatever the hell the saying is. It's true. What if we were a little bit more positive as we were interacting with other people rather than always shooting it down just a little bit, always coming up with, I can't do it because of this, I don't like it because of that, oh, well, actually, it's this. How many people do that? It actually, you're wrong. Well, great, so I'm wrong. What the hell, does that mean I should stop? Because I'm wrong a lot. Who cares? What if I'm right once? and I get something done, is that worth all the times I was wrong and kept going? I don't know. Let's think about a track record and think about being effective. A baseball player that's doing really good, batting 400, which is almost impossible for his career, fails 60% of the time. And he's a fucking home run king. <laughs> Why don't we think like that? Why don't we think about that? It doesn't so much matter if we're right, if we're wrong, but why don't we think about being effective? Why don't we think about what are we going to accomplish? Because that sometimes matters more than being right or wrong, or whether the other person's right or wrong. Anyways, that's it. I promise I'm done now. 16 minutes left to go. I got a lot of, of stuff to talk about. 
and I got Terry Catronlo. She's got a cool little story that she wants to tell, and um, we're just going to let her run with it. Terry is an active member of the Human Solution. Her and her husband are both um, 420 members, and she's been part of uh, the headquarters chapter, the Orange County chapter, seen her in court support many, many, many times. Um, she's part of the team. She's part of the family, and she gets it. Terry, what's going on today? Welcome to the show. How you doing, Joe? What's happening? Uh, well, uh, as I was telling you earlier, the legalization committee came to Orange County the past two days, and um, I had a, a friend from Humboldt come down to attend this meeting, and he brought one of my white, and this has nothing to do with the white label client. This has to do with the law. Believe me, it has nothing to do with the white label client, although, damn. (laughs) So they came out with a new regulation and another 164 pages of regulations and licensing because they want to put a stop to white labeling. And the guy calls me up who white labels with us, and he's like, did you see the new law? And I'm like, the CBD white label law? Uh, I'm sorry, the THC white label law? And he was like, no, they were saying it's for everything. And I was just like, oh, gosh. So it's just more to what you guys were saying earlier about the legalization, not um, the regulations and licensing is we're just getting more regulated, more licensing. And like I said, they just dropped another hundred and something pages down for people to know. They expect you to know this. So I just find it funny how people are always so happy about this. And here we are being tax regulated and licensed away. There we go. And and generally, every time another page of law gets put down, it hurts more than it helps. It keeps more people away from being able to have this plant than it brings to it. So, good job, everybody. Well, Terry, actually, I appreciate can I, you can I actually just read one thing very short? Absolutely. Okay, so this is actually from their uh, hundred and whatever pages that they dropped down. And it says, the opening statement says this, if you want to make money participating in the legal cannabis industry, you must follow the laws. There are different licensings for different for different stops on the supply chain, from cultivating to processing and manufacturing to transferring, distributing, blah, 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 blah. So it's their first opening line is about money. They're not even honoring this plant. They're going straight to the bank with this. They're not even, you know. And I'd like to say one other thing about the woman from Ohio. Before Prop 64, I felt like we used to have something like what she was talking about with Prop 215, where we weren't being hassled, but we were being hassled. But now that we have Prop 64 and they've laid down their regulations, this is a line they're drawing in the sand. 
and they don't care about us, and they're just they're, uh, I looked I googled the map today as I was on my way home, and it had all the commercial grows from big pharma and all the license and regulating people that are coming in and I used to think up by us the Humboldt map was pretty you know there was a lot of stuff on there this map is just crazy it's so much coming down and it's just sad well and that's and that's what we're dealing with you know like I told you earlier today Letitia Pepper was right and, and she was. As much as she mm-hmm. done crazy stuff, when she was up there on the pedestal screaming from the top of the mountain, it's a cookbook. They're going to eat you. And exactly. she was right. That's what's happening. She was. And, you know, we, we've never supported any of these legalization measures. We support ending prohibition, repealing these laws, or teaching teaching the citizens to nullify them. Just nullify them. Just say... Get rid of these I, bad laws, yeah. Exactly. All right, Terry, well... Anyway, now, don't buy into the legalization, people. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, you know what, maybe, <clears throat> just maybe, I got an idea. Why don't we take some time and write a good law? Oh, oh. wait, we didn't do that already? <laughs> It's real quiet when I say that. The good law is this. Repeal it. They no law. They had a repeal um, initiative four years ago in California. It didn't get any money. Go figure. It didn't pass. Exactly. Well, people and think they do have the Prop 64. They have Jerry Brown's uh, Marsa, whatever it is, with a little tiny bit of Prop 64. And these people think they have a lot of power because they have that little bit of power. But yeah, they just do. remember, Marsa is a flesh-eating bacteria. <laughs> just trying to say. Terry, <laughs> man. All right, Terry, well. Coming on the show as okay. always, and um, you know we're just gonna keep on rocking until we get there. I hear you, cool. brother. No All right, Everybody, love to the family. I'll see you soon. Awesome. We got nine minutes, forty-seven seconds left to go in the show. We still got three, four people to come on. We'll go late if we have to. We'll do what we got to do. I was a little yappy this show, so we'll uh, we'll um, we'll go there. All right, Lisa's got something to say. Then we got George Martorano, Pete Yapo, Glenn Keeling, and we'll see. Hopefully Tom Corby makes it in. Okay, I'm in here because I need to say something very, very important. If you enjoy using cannabis for whatever reason, because it's always healing, it's always healing your body, it's healing your mind, do not assume that other people know all of this. You must reach out. You have to educate people. I was voting. How do I know all these 16 justices? What's their stance? How do I find this out? You take the time. Call them. Guess what? I talked to some crazy people today. They didn't know stuff. They're sitting around going, well, it's all legal. What are you talking about? No, it's legal lies, L-I-E-S, as in they don't get it. So if you take this moment, this opportunity, these people are answering their own phones like people who are running for office, call them up and say, hey, I'm a cannabis consumer. I need to know before I 
give you my check mark. What is your feeling on this? And then educate them gently, quietly, with force, with passion. Let them know because people don't understand. Wear a ribbon. Stick something on your arm. I have to wear it, but, hey, stick one on so people say, what are you wearing that for? And then I can say, because I'm a cancer survivor, these aren't real. That's why I got this ribbon. I use cannabis to make sure that the cancer doesn't come back. That's my personal philosophy. I can say that. But we have to educate each other. We're, We're talking to the choir here. We all get it. They don't. So feel free to open your mouth. When you're standing in a grocery line, tell somebody standing next to you because you got your ribbon on. If you want a ribbon, www.thsintl.org. That's the human solution. It's very inexpensive. It's less than a cup of coffee. And it's healthier for you. Coffee's bad for you unless it's organic and it's roasted. No, it's the sugar that's bad. I love coffee. I drink six cups of coffee a day. Yeah, I drink six cups of coffee a day. I'm just really... I'm fired up right now about this. I was on the phone. That's why I was late with this video. I was talking to all kinds of people today on the phone. You have to educate them. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we ought to give uh, maybe we ought to give ribbons and uh, cannabis to cops like like people give them donuts. You know, they're they're stressed out. Maybe they need some. You see an officer, offer him something. Um, offer him some help, some CBD, so he can get rid of his pain. Uh, I don't know. Maybe fix his brain. Um, Open your mouth. Don't just let Joe do it. Don't let Terry do it. Don't let me do it. What are y'all doing? We're not sitting here in a freaking vacuum. Hello? Speak. Say something so that people know that we need we need help with this. There's a bunch of us. We got to get together here, folks. Everybody join together. We can get this done. You know, it's like the table. If we're all laying down because we're the table, if we all stand up, guess what? The table disappears. They got to listen to us. This is this is crazy. We gotta go for this. Go for this. This is 2018. We need it all happening. So there you go. That's what I had to say. Make some freaking phone calls. Get on the phone. Don't be sitting there on your Facebook watching us. You should be on the phone. Say what what is your stance on cannabis? I'm not gonna vote for you unless I know. Because if you throw the wrong check mark, you might have just killed me. Because I need cannabis. So I'm watching you. I'm watching you. All right, there you go. Thanks, Joe. Oh no, you bet. Thank you. Put a little little fuel on the fire. Absolutely. Excellent, excellent. Now, you guys, Lisa is absolutely right. We can't stop. You know, there's a handful of us that speak out, speak loud, speak proud. Sometimes we speak soft, but just keep speaking. You know, George Marcheron is going to come on next, and that's always been his message. you got to keep talking to these people. you got to keep engaging them one by one. You know, I think that when I die, I'm going to be accountable for what I do. And one of the things that I'm going to have to be accountable, because I set that as part of my purpose, is how many people did I reach? How did I, how effective was I? And I think that's it. We live every day. We're interacting with people every day. Are we walking past them? Are they ghosts to us? Are they zombies to us? Or do we engage them? Do we look them in the eye and we share a little bit of our soul with them? Yeah, look what I'm wearing. I mean, I got CBD (laughs) on my shirt. I got marijuana things on my – I'm here. You know, I'm a walking billboard. What are y'all doing? You walking around in, uh, I don't know, Tommy Hilfiger or something? (laughs) 
I don't care about Tommy Hilfiger. I, I care about healing. I care about healing with a plant that's not going to kill me. I don't need Lyrica, Gabapentin, and Tramadol. Tramadol will kill you. It'll back you up. Go forward. Use plants. It's, it's healthier. There. I'm still talking. <laughs> All right. We got George Martorano up next. He's probably got a little something to say. Hey, hi, Joe. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? We're a little fired up today. Oh, that's good. It's good to be fired up. Good to be fired up. Well, things are moving along. The Hip Hemp Cafe uh, still under construction. We hope to be open in about two weeks. But, uh, you know, uh, they have a few stores up in New York, and uh, I went and looked at them. Uh, I see full-fledged CBD shops up there. But uh, uh, I think uh, I think they're coming across wrong up there. I think... Uh, People are a little confused. They think it's for, uh, you know, uh, you know, to enjoy yourself. It's for entertainment. But, you know, uh, I'm not going to do that here. Here I'm getting the message, of course, it's for the help people. So uh, it's important, like uh, what the show saying, you have to talk. You have to understand. Uh, you know, they, they don't, back here in our city, Majority of them don't know the difference between CBD and NTAT. Well, you have to do, it's not uh, Pennsylvania, it's not the recreational THC, it's CBD. So uh, it's still a working process here. And the most important thing is uh, to be honest and, and explain. You have, to, you have to explain to people. Like I said, I went and seen a full-fledged shop up in New York uh, uh, last weekend and uh you know, I think it's just uh, it's 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 just it's looked at as somewhere to go, like a bar, and uh, I don't I don't I don't agree with that. So I'm certainly because all my media connections and uh, and who I am, I'm not going to come across that, that that way at all, at all. So uh, you know, we still have our work to cut out, and uh, and uh, and <laughs> I had one woman, uh, she was. Push your walk. I was outside uh, my shop. I was uh, just catching a break because it's under construction. And a woman, an old, older woman, come by with a shopping cart, and she says, uh, "Can I come in and get high? I want to come in and smoke." <laughs> so I says, "Well, no, we're not doing that. We're not a we're not a dispensary." But she said, "It says hip hip. The sign said hip 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 cafe." So so I had explained to her. I said, "No, if you have any." you have any ailments? She says, yeah, I have a bad back. I said, well, we're coming, you come in, and we're going we're gonna to talk to you about your bad back and how we're going to help. She said, well, ain't I going to smoke and get high? I said, no, no, we're not going to do that here. I said, you can get a medical card, and she didn't even know about that. So, you know, it's, it's explaining, it's talking, it's, it's uh, you know, it's focusing enough. And incidentally, anyone that you're going to, Get involved in any, uh, you know, it's expense. It's very expensive, even with a uh, CBD shop. It's not, it's an expense. So, you know, you just can't uh, take on this type of uh, business and not know what you're doing. So you have to be prepared. You have to understand. You have to think it through. And I call Joe. I call Joe every day, uh, getting his expertise about my, uh, my Hip Hem Cafe, which will be, and coffee and full fledged all types of CBD uh, products. So, you know, uh, even though uh, 
I'm out of prison a short time, it's still a learning process. And, you know, you have to ask your friends. You have to, you have to go to these seminars and, and learn. And uh, it's, it's a learning process. So I plan to, to teach a lot of people, but the most important thing is I'm going to help an awful lot of people, especially people that are ill with the, their children. Uh, you know, we're not, we're going to have pro, actually my shop, Hip Hem Cafe, we're going to have actually programs that we're going to donate. If you can't afford the CBD product and you're ill, we're going to, we're going to help you. Uh, so it's, it's just, uh, uh, you know, it's helpful in 22nd. Yeah, I, 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 I think that I wish more, more people that were involved in the industry would have that same concept of compassion that you do, you know. Um, this is, for some people, it's just about money. It's just another business. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when so many people have sacrificed so much to make it even a little bit possible, yeah, I just yeah. think you could be part of this without having some compassion, without trying to help out somebody even by educating them or, Given, making sure that this is available. You know, we fought to make it free. It's not free yet, but as it gets there, why not make it available? It's a freaking plant. For what, I, what I don't like is uh, what I've been seeing. Like I said, uh, the shops on the East Coast, their profit margin is is way too high. They're 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 they're, they're charging too much. But uh, my 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 place is not going to do that. We're not going. <laughs> we're not going to have these. Uh, Extra extravagant prices because I don't care. Matter of fact, we're even going to have programs. We're going to have CBD runs morning, afternoon, and evening. Where we're going to give you free, free, uh, free uh, uh, salves and oils if you haven't. This is for people that are runners that have a chronic situation, and we're going to we're going to give you uh, that for free if you sign up for our our jogs three times a day. But we're going to ask if you donate. We'd like you to donate something, whether it's a dollar or more. And we're going to have a kitty for people that can't afford the CBD products that are ill. So I think that's such and such important. And like I said, I'm working very diligently. Like I told the previous some previous show, I found a 200-year-old well uh, in my store when we when we took the floor up, and it was used for bootleggers. Bootleggers ran the well for over 30 years. So it's going to be a conversation piece, and we're we're designing it and working hard. I was 30 feet deep, and uh, I had to get special glass so you can look down. It's going to be a very popular piece with the media, and uh, we have radio shows, we have live TV, we have hard copy magazines that want to do it. So it's going to be a draw to bring people in, but it's also going to be a platform where I'm going to be speaking and, and let them understand about CBDs, you know, it's a, you know, CBDs is just a product. It's made, it's made from a God-given plant, but it's how you deal with it, how you distribute it. That's important. But it's the individual behind it all. Always the individual behind it all. That's what we hope to do, Joe. I couldn't agree with you more. And uh, you can count me in. I'll be donating to, uh, to that cause to make sure that the people that need this will have it. So, well, we're going to be taking you here. We want you here. All my staff, you know, they want you here because we need an expert, and you're, you're the best guy I know. 
So we're going to be bringing you in, but uh, it's a lot, a lot of work. I got to actually be be at the place 4:30 tomorrow morning. 4:30. Uh, we're going to lay, lay the tile. We're laying the tile around the well, and it has to be done properly. So right. it's just some, just tiring. Well, and, uh, but we're going to actually do a show out of there, Joe. As you said, we're going to have our own show are. out of there. You bet. So when you come up, we'll do the, we'll do the radio show right out of the Hemp Hemp Cat site. Beautiful. All Beautiful. Right. All right, George. All right. Thanks well, for having me on, everybody. Take care. Always a pleasure. George Martorano, folks. And uh, we'll be broadcasting from the Hemp Hemp Cafe before you know it. Oh, Hemp Hemp. All right. Okay, so we got, uh, let's see, we got, we're going to do Pete Yapel next, and we'll have Glenn Keeling close the show down. We're running a little overtime, um, so it's too late to call in, um, but it's not too late to finish the show. So we got Pete Yapel. Pete Yapel is um, the head. Him and his wife are head of the Solidarity Over Separation chapter out of New York. <coughs> and, uh, Pete's going to come out to be seeing me in the next a week from now. So uh, we're not going to be doing a live show next week, but we may end up doing a special edition live show. Uh, maybe on Thursday or Friday, uh, because it's not on Halloween and people be here. So I think we'll be able to do a, a special edition, maybe even just an hour or so, um, and we'll, we'll announce it. Welcome to the show. That's Pete. hilarious. That's hilarious. An hour or so with both of us talking. <laughs> hey, the best laid plans of mice and yappers, right? That's right, exactly, man, exactly. Uh, hey, listen, I've got the boss with me tonight, so we're really blessed again. She's sitting alongside hey, how me. And, uh, Hi, Joe. How are you? Welcome hey, listen, you've show. had a cool – yeah, we've had a great show tonight, and there's so much I want to talk about. Uh, but I know we are very short on time. But let me make – let me just make a couple of quick points that have been out there. Lisa Wildridge, you're a, uh, you're a warrior and a champion, and I love hearing you talk, and uh, – and, and you're right. We just have to all get involved. Not only that, as far as writing law uh, and, and the piece you had on that, and it's all great. Don't get me wrong. Hey, listen, Timothy Locke, uh, in, in Michigan, you could rewrite the Constitution, citizens. I mean, you, you mean citizens have the right to write a law for the Constitution. They can change the Constitution of their state. Well, that's all good and fine, and Timothy had a end prohibition campaign up a huge end prohibition campaign up that would have made cannabis exactly like me and you have been asking for this thing to be made if you don't get the support it still doesn't go so we can we can write all of these wonderful things we still have to get the support we have to have people to understand that that you know not you know, if you want something you've got to fight for it i mean let's be realistic i mean what we, 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 we battle every single day, those of us that can. And uh, as Joe said, of, of, in which case you just don't clean your dishes and you'll get them. Right, 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 right. And, and, and listen, but you're talking about effectiveness and before, and, oh. I, and I true, I, Helen, I said, this is why I love him, love him so much, because he's, he's my mentor and a half, because I, I, I love listening to your show because I always pick something up. And, and it's true. Uh, effectiveness has to be. That's why the importance of our TV show and our radio show are two things that Helen and I can't stop. Why? Because it's something different for Christmas' sake. Like you say, 
you know, Facebook is the same old looping garbage of, of misinformation, everyone, misinformation. You know, if you believe all these headlines and you're out of your mind, you might as well just sit back and watch CNN and hope you're not there when a pipe bomb gets delivered. Um, I mean, it, it, it's crazy, guys, what we, we, we go through. But we have to stand tall. We have to stand firm. And those of us at the Human Solution uh, are, are here for that reason, the human solution, as Joe, as Joe says. If you have any drive, if you have any compassion, if you have any love in your heart, period, this is the organization for you. And why I say that is because we're an organization of care. We care on every aspect of life. We truly do. Human people. Human. There are so many people that take humanity out of human, out of human being. It, it, it's, it's ridiculous. But here in our family, and we call them family because that's how we react and interact with each other. If we are all one, we can't be beaten. There, are, there is zero out there that's standing in our way other than ourselves. We have, we have our own person to blame if we don't do something. And like Joe said, you've got to want to help yourself. I mean, you know, people just think that CBDs and cannabis is a miracle, and they're just going to take it, and, you know, and everything's going to go away, and, and then that's it. Well, you've got to remember, it's just like anything else in life. It's, Look around. Yeah. It, it's silly. <laughs> that, you know, and that's why when people say, oh, it's the miracle, it's not a freaking miracle. What am I getting? Uh, it's... it's it, it, it's not a miracle. The plant does what the plant's supposed to do. Now all we as humans have to do is embrace that. Embrace the fact that we have something that is healthy for us, cannot kill us, we can't get sick from taking it. But I, 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 the list goes on for all the favorable reasons. Now, everybody knows I spoke at the U.N., Everybody knows that by now, and it, 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 that, that, that's not a toot of the horn. Why I'm saying it is, is because the world knows exactly what we're saying. We were the only country not present in that meeting. Okay, that's the embarrassment, people. Do you get it? Let's get a hold of our government. Let's take control back of this country. We the people. We the people. We need to start being the voice. We need to start being heard. Like Joe says, not the 400 hitter, the 600 hitter. That doesn't exist. Why? Because they're always sheltered and kept behind. They cast a shadow over us. They try to keep us down. But if we get loud enough and enough of us finally do something, we can finally win this war. And I'm here. I'm I'm always marching right along with you. I stand there with a musket. (laughs) Just like everybody else, and I trudge down the road. Yeah, right. I brought it back to the beginning, man. When this, you know, when we had some good ideas, you know, not this convoluted mess that we've turned it into. You know, uh, Terry, thank you, Terry, for being on. All of these laws and regulations, 165 new pages of regulations. I mean, come up for one thing. 165 pages written about one subject. In one subject of the subject. You know what I mean? It, it, it's so overinflated and overly, you know, uh, overly regulated and overly licensed. And all of these things go on that will 
if we continue to allow it to happen, we will never have freedom. Never. So with that said, for the for people that live in the freest country in the world, uh, we are so far behind the rest of them. Let's stop patting ourselves on the back. Let's stop making ourselves seem like we're the grand poopa and woo We got people to the north of us, even though I don't agree with their policy 100%, at least can still enjoy cannabis without being arrested going down the, going down the street or, or be able to not medicate. You know, we have people dying here that can't medicate because do they medicate or they go to jail or they take the risk of going to jail. And there's nothing worse for your health than stress. So somebody's trying to correct themselves, but at the same time adding to the problem, they're never going to get better. Joe, I cannot wait to see you next Wednesday. I'm yeah. sorry for taking up so much time, dude, but you know me. I can blab for oh, oh, We We, we you know, have all the buttons, and we can make time. We can warp time and space right here from this office. So wait till next week when we Absolutely. do it together. Absolutely, and that's why I was saying next week, you know, hey, hey, we'll try to do an hour show. But, like, when I'm listening to your show, it's kind of like the same way I'm sure it is when you're listening to mine. You hear all these things, and you just want to say something, you know, but you you got 15 calls, and you try to wrap it all up in five minutes. But, listen, well, if well, anybody well, wants to get in touch with us, please. Uh, I, I Sorry. Sorry for stepping on you. No, no show. How about that? Yeah. Uh, there you go. Absolutely. We'll just we'll just we'll just have a hell of a good time. And uh, uh, Ellen, I, I, I know we will. I like it. Oh yeah. All right. Oh yeah. I'm so looking forward to it. I can't wait to get there. Uh, yeah. uh, I, it's gonna be a hard time telling telling us to leave. I think. <laughs> hey, nobody's gonna tell you to leave. You can stick around. Only thing is, we'll put yeah. your ass to work. I can assure you. <laughs> awesome. Well, All right, hey, you guys. I'll go to work tomorrow. <laughs> Solidarity over separation. One one last uh, plug is how do how does somebody get a hold of you if yeah. you're in New York and they want to help? Absolutely. Solidarity over separation and human solution international. We're on Facebook. Can we talk four two o? We're on Facebook and www.canawetalk420.com for any of your guys' needs. I mean anything. We our our services are listed. We've got industry associates, Joe Willow Creek Springs. Oh, we have got so many people on there that can help you if we directly can't. So please visit us and please, please accept the help. Excellent. All right. Thank you, guys. I can't wait to see you. It'll be a few more days, about a week, in fact. Awesome. All right. Beating hell in April. All right, here we go. Last call up, Glenn Keeling. Glenn is a lion of a man. He's part of the team. He's one of two that are on the Meet the Team uh, page now, and there will be more, I I am told. Um, <laughs> we'll see. I'll start giving them grief if I don't. But uh, here we go. Glenn Keeling, Creative Care Beacon, board member, defendant, and extraordinary man all together at once. Welcome to the show, Glenn. Hey, thank you, Joe. Thank you. Good evening. Thank you. Hey, listen, you know, uh, something that has been talked about throughout, with, with something that's Unity, people. We've got to stand together. Somewhere in your area, there's somebody going through some kind of case, something somewhere. It doesn't take a lot. Man, damn. You know, we come on here every week, and you know, on on, on Joe's show, and we come on Pete's show, and, we, man, we, we preach and say the same thing. It just, 
man, you, you guys got to get off the couch, man, and come out and support somebody. There's people all around that is going through cases around you. Uh, writing a letter doesn't take nothing. It's not hard. And if you yourself is going through something, man, you don't have to sit there and suffer alone. There's all these people here with the with, with Creative Care Beacon here in Ohio. You've got uh, Separation Over Solidarity in New York. Man, there is a Human Solution International chapter close to you. If not, there is a member somewhere. Man, reach out. You guys have got to, you know, don't have to do this alone, you know. Um, legalization doesn't work. We've seen it from California, Oregon, Washington, man, or Colorado, here in Ohio. Man, we got to get past this legalization. You know, it, it, it doesn't work. It's not good for people. It, it creates more issues. It creates more criminals. My God, it's horrible what people are going through in legalized states. <laughs> and, and we're complicit with being okay with being allowed to have these and, and being okay with this happening. Man, Joe, I don't know when these people are going to get it. I don't know, man. It, 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 it's going to give. That's what's happening. <laughs> it's it's going to take a lot more effort on our part because they're coming along one at a time. Right on. Hey, man, we're here to educate. You know, we'll – Peggy and I, whenever we're out, man, it doesn't matter if I see somebody checking my jacket or looking at my shirt and they got this look on their face. I'll ask them, what's up? You like that? It's pretty cool. And I'll just tell them about cannabis. You know, it's saving our lives. Look, my wife can get around a little bit better today than yesterday cannabis. You know, hey, people's got to get it. It's got to come around eventually, you know. Standing together, that's the key issue. That and education. Well, that's what's coming to you, a new chapter of the Human Solution International, and we're going to be rolling it out one piece at a time. Stay tuned, everybody. Glenn, how does somebody get involved if they want to help out in Ohio? Hey, it's real easy. It is the Creative Care Beacon. It's the Ohio chapter of the Human Solution, or you can just simply find me, Glenn Keeling, my wife, Peggy Sue, on on the inter what Facebook, that's what it is. yeah, Facebook. Or man just simply pick up your phone and it's easy to call. Four one nine eight six three zero four nine eight. Excellent. All right, Glenn. Well it is always a pleasure. I look forward to meeting you and Peggy in person. Um I think that's about it today folks. We're uh twenty minutes long. I haven't decided next Thursday or Friday. It'll probably be next Thursday, I think. Um, we'll do a special edition show, No Rules, Pete, Helen, and Joe. And who knows who else comes and joins us. Right. We'll have Lisa, yep. maybe even my wife Liz will come and join us. You never know. Um, but we'll announce it, Wild Card Show, and uh, we'll see you then. Oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, boy, I dropped the ball on that one. Let's see what Willie Nelson has to say about all of that. Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse the human solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Little things I should have said and done, you were always on. 